You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, if this red button is to be believed, I believe you are live on a Friday night after saying that from last week or for all those that turned into low key wall that we would actually show up on a Friday night. And lo and behold, here we are. Everyone, you better. This is not your regular scheduled program that usually happens on the show. We have taken over your airwaves to give you low key wall. Our little fun little show, the, you know, basically taking the, I don't know, the discarded bits having fun with all your favorite personalities on the wall network to you know give something else that's you know so i bring you you know i try to do something else here this is my time to play and allow me to do something outside of the usual politics you usually get from this network to talk about you know culture gaming and other things like this and this brilliant series that we've been working on too is more of talking about the media that helped sh- well you know just helped shape me and uh, shaped us in some of our uh, uh some of your opinions so like i enjoy people talking about it that i've met in certain comment sections like hey this is different media that i like but remember one who in the heck i am hi my name's harry i am the co- one of the co-hosts on the chris spangle show and uh well, you know, full-time host. Yeah, my own hosting gigs here of the lo- of the Low Key Wall Show. So, I'm sh- trust me. If you're shocked, we're here. I'm definitely shocked we're here, and we freaking made it. But I am not alone. I don't go alone because we are stronger together than we are apart. So I bring my teammates. So let's go ahead and introduce the team that I have brought along on this magical journey of ours. So, announcing everyone and introducing one in order of seniority. We're going to go with Reinhold. Reinhold, say, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. It's been a uh, I'm glad to be here. It's been a very, very long, interesting, fun, terrible day, all at the same time. So glad to kind of sit back and relax a little bit and actually just chat instead of all the stuff I've been going through. Yeah, yeah. Let that drift away. Let's come here. Let's talk about different media that makes us happy and shaped us. Uh, yeah, let's just just push that push that outside. Push all of that. On the other side of there, let's do something else. That's that's also the beauty. That's another reason, like help kept motivation on the sh- on the show. And the, and more personals don't know about that more than anyone other than Vincent. Why don't you go say hi? Hi, Vincent. All right, sir, 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 sir. That that joke, that joke right there. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, very careful with, with like an antique like, joke. Almost older than me. Yeah, <laughs> as you said, you know, it's like seniority, so I have to like. Make myself look older. Oh, okay, okay. There, when it was invented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 man, I can almost believe that. You know, Rathol picks up the phone, <laughs> picks up one of the first phone. Say hello. Say hello. Oh, <laughs> it had been really funny then. It's that. Watson, stuff. come here. I was there. <laughs> yeah, but come on, come on. Guys. We're trained professional staff. We have better jokes, you know. So, 
I expect better judgment. Trained professionals? We are, tra- we, we are trained professionals. At what? I've gave you hours of training. At what? This? Pocket this? healing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, um, uh, if you uh, look at your uh, NDA, uh, you're not supposed <laughs> to tell people that. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I signed it. When did I sign an NDA? <laughs> That's well, news to me. Well, uh, this is good. great. Uh, I learned from producer Paul. You just use carbon paper once you go sign your social uh, contract. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> carbon paper. He went to go sign his bill. I put the I put the contract right there. Carbon paper. Get your signature. Binding, binding, sir. Binding. It's okay. It's okay. It expires in a year, so valid contract. Mm-hmm. If everyone wondering what I'm drinking, it is not whiskey. It's a an amazing energy drink called Club Mate. Drink Club Mate, which if I known, I probably I don't know if I could get stuff out of Europe anytime soon. I probably bought more than four cases of the stuff. But so <laughs> <laughs> let's not go to that well. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, like I said, push that on the outside. <laughs> oh man. So, but yeah, we we're trying to talk about like <laughs> happy things and things that are going around. But yeah, so yeah, but it's a yeah. So if you see me drinking it, it's an energy drink. Um, and it's um, the taste is like a mate tea. Um, if I'm honest, it tastes awful, but you will get used to it. That's it. reassuring. I, I won't. I won't get used to it because I won't drink it. So that's the prerequisite <laughs> of actually getting used to it is to actually drink it. And since I point. cannot stand the taste of tea, I have a feeling I won't be liking that. Uh, yeah, you will not. I, I honestly haven't found anyone who like picked it up, drank it, and go like, "This tastes great." They're oh, this is awful. I'm like, here you go, <laughs> keep going, <laughs> keep drinking. You know, do you want to go to sleep? No, then keep drinking. <laughs> It's good with like a lemonade and some like alcohol or lemons and stuff like that. I kind of like a Moscow mule, you know. It gets kind of massive with the mate taste, but here's here's something I noticed. I was kind of watching TikTok lately, and um, there's some people on there who are doing viewer suggestions on drinks. I know it's 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 I, I'm hip with the people with the jizz. What's going on in the day? You know the. <laughs> The kids these days. Hello, so, fellow children. <laughs> to go on, you were talking about. You were talking about. You were talking about. No, but that. they have this. They have this thing where you know people say, "Okay, put these two things together, and it tastes like this." And one of the things I saw was I said, "If you if you put these two drinks together, mm-hmm. it tastes like a tootsie roll." And it was a uh, half Kahlua, half orange juice. I was like, I have to try that, so I did it. Half orange juice, half Kahlua, tasted like a tootsie roll. Hundred percent. It was awesome. Hmm, 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 hmm. So those kids may have something about that thing. So. <laughs> they might have a point. They may have a point. May possibly, possibly have a point. <sighs> but I doubt it. I doubt it. But so. think at my age, I would have figured all of this stuff out. But you know, news discoveries every day, right? So got to keep, yeah. got to keep on, uh, keep up with it. Sure. Yeah. Keep tuned in. All right, so to remind everyone, like some of the topic that we want to bring, the topic, the main topic at hand is, uh, let's see if I could. 
So, like, I was trying to figure out how to get this really set up correctly on this thing. But apparently, like, in order to get StreamYard, right, to see the slides in Google, I have to give StreamYard permission to access my Google Drive. Or I have to share my whole screen, which ticks me off the whole end because I thought the point of that I did in Google Slides, so it would just do it in there. But no, I have to give the permission. I don't want to do that. Not because, like, you know, like, oh, I've got something sensitive in my Google Drive. It's just more of a... I don't trust the other users of the wall network in my Google Drive. <laughs> you know who you are, Hody. <laughs> mostly, mostly Hody. Mostly, mostly. Yeah, let's, let's, ju- let's just adjust our mics with non-muted. Let's just do that. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. Sorry, man. <laughs> you got to mute. Sorry. Let's just do that. Just That's fine. That's no, no. The viewers love that. I'm seeing from the comments <laughs> that everyone loved you adjusting your mic just now. It was the best. Often it was often like a uh, ASMR, right? No, oh, yeah, is that what? It, yeah, yeah. You could say that. You could say that. All right, so <laughs> it's great. Got the ball rolling on the topic at hand. All right, yeah. Woo, look, look. We got the professional slide. We are professional. Professional. This is this is sure. a professional um, uh, podcast. Okay. All right. The most this professional. The most professional. The most professional. Okay. All right. So, uh, welcome to Loki Wall uh, on the topic of the media that has shaped us. So, to give everyone give so to catch all those up that did not watch the previous episode, uh, we are going over the going over the, oh, stupid piece of junk. You, I hate this thing. I really do. <laughs> really do. I need a clicker. I need a, I need a clicker. I, I have instead a clicker. Of, see, see, no. My problem is I went with Google Slides instead of PowerPoint. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Because uh, you thought with... you could actually use Google Slides with right, right. Streamyard. But, yeah. Yeah. But no, nah, no. Nah, I'm done. I'm out of Google Slides. Going back to PowerPoint. In before someone in the comments says, "What if? What if you just use Libre Slides?" No. I understand the point of it. I get it. I've used it. I can get it done by it, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I pay for Office 365. I'm going to use this. <laughs> but I understand it, and I'm glad that you use that. I choose not to. <laughs> but I understand. But I like having it. But you get the choice. You can use whatever you want and let people enjoy what they want. Randall's like, <laughs> can sit there like, yeah, finally. So, anyways, <laughs> all right. So, uh, uh, so this beautiful title that uh, Vincent did come up with, "A Rascal Doesn't Dream of the Past." Uh, if you want to give a precursor, for, where does that come from? Or do you want to just leave it, or just see if anyone discovers what the heck that came from? No, I mean it's fine. Um, there is a series of light novels that turn into an anime called "Rascal Doesn't Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai." Um, I'll probably talk more about that when we do honorable mentions, but the naming convention for all the light novels is Rascal doesn't blank, 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 blank. Yeah, so doesn't even the past, and these are our uh, three by threes of, of media that helped shape us. So you've got mine here at the left-hand corner of the screen. It's with its very diverse um, genre of anime that's on there very diverse jumping genres you know completely different writers sometimes totally uh it's you know completely different so when does saber come in (sighs) anyway so we get to uh uh, vincent's here in the middle (laughs) 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 i should probably do it this way okay 
there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it lines up with that, you know. So you guys know, like, there. So you've got Vincent's, who's probably almost all the same all the way through. Totally. They're completely all the same. Totally. Um, yeah, they all look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Ryan Holds. Uh, yeah, you have Ryan Holds. <laughs> Randall, did you want to talk about your list? My list is uh, strikingly devoid of anything animated. Um, so that for, therefore makes it infinitely better. So uh, just enjoy that uh, there's some, some break to what's going to be discussed. It's not all about the same thing. Um. Mine's not going to be all about the same thing. I just want to point that out. Mine's a very diverse... Uh, different genre um and uh, uh, uh at least mine all came from the same country right hold okay all right. <laughs> okay jesus christ i was trying to say like country <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say like mine was made in a mer- uh, uh, <laughs> uh, mm, mm. Mine is made where they make good cars. Okay, that's where mine's from. Okay, all right. <laughs> Not that terrible country. They make terrible cars. You know, you know what countries those are. I mean, Germany. Germany makes terrible cars, but apparently they make great trucks. Um, the Porsche Cayenne is actually turning out to be a very capable SUV. <laughs> I won't say that for that. Um, but English know, cars, though. It's some of the worst on the planet. <laughs> Never, ever, ever buy a car from that says made in England. Don't ever buy that. Just turn it around unless it's a hobby project of pain that you like. You want you want pain. You have more money than sense. Get a British car. Driving and in a three wheeled vehicle that opens the door from the front. That's that's a German car. Whenever I said Porsche has made a good truck, which just Porsche made good tractors, make good tractors. So, so. I didn't know you were talking about initial D today. We're not talking about initial D. I think the main topic of discussion on my thing to be because of to talk about the first thing on turn. Drum roll, please. We are getting with the. Uh, Started the show with the first thing we're going to bring up. My the thing that the, the start of it all, the start of the media that shaped me a whole bunch in my uh, youth uh, has to be Mobile Suit Gundam. If I actually would play the noise, uh, the uh, the sound that would come up with in each episode, like like the title song, but I really feel that would copyright strike the crap out of us. The moment that would play, <laughs> doo, 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 streams down, streams down. Everything's plain, gone. Everything's, everything's plain, gone. Everything struck down. So I, I think we'll barely get used, get barely sneak by with these images, okay? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there's some lore somewhere like, hmm, I think this is a copyright strike. Let's just take them down. Let's just let's just do it real quick to to preemptively. You know, they they look like they were going to do noises. Well, okay. well, we we didn't we didn't show any clips, so we just have still frames. Right, still frames, and they were you know having commentary over it. We're talking about right, 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 right. 
you know. So it, we have fair use. We're being transformative on our side, but it is Japan. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think when um, AMVs were coming out, uh, I think one of the lawyers were saying, like, so double copyrighted? <laughs> like, what? You stole the music and our anime. I'm like, hold on. No. <laughs> Excellent. Double, Give us all Ill- the W's. Double illegal. I'm like, it's not double. You can't double illegal. Reinhold's like, what's an AMV? <laughs> an AMV stands for anime music video. It's very popular. You're, you're back talking about cars again. <laughs> it's very AMV. popular at the start of the internet. See, see, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started the internet. My, uh, yeah, it was a big thing on the internet for me was like uh, the AMVs, um, it, because like it was also a good way to like to me was like to get trailer for different animes or music. People would like put them or try. Also, some of people would also the genre also got developed for just people just trying to make make different stories that went with the music, went with music, and then using clips from anime to tell a different story. So it was beautiful. Some of the and the artists out there that did this, which John Newman went nowhere. And but, yeah, yeah. But welcome, mobiles. Welcome, mobiles. We're going to great anime. It was. It is a wartime space opera that has, you know, so space war opera that has which everything a young kid could want. Giant freaking robots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Giant freaking robots that are shooting each other. Right. You know, and co- and things are happening. So the um the synopsis like it's the year Universal Central 079. Space colonies have declared war on Earth Federation under the guidance of the Principality of Xeon. In one of these colonies, the Earth Federation is storing and testing a new piloted robot for the use of battle against the Principality of Xeon. The experimental RX 78 Gundam mobile suit is forced into combat with civilian pilot and untested crew before it can be transported in the fe- to the Federation's headquarters on Earth. With a few resources available against the Xeon. Brightest and best, will they be able to escape, let alone deliver the RX 78 to Earth? So that's like the beginning. This is the beginning synopsis of Mobile Suit Gundam. So the idea, um, you first introduced into this world with this idea that this peaceful colony, right, that start uh, that just gets attacked by the Principality of Xeon because they also want this new weapon. What is this new weapon that they're testing there? And they're doing which, as a kid, right, <laughs> you kind of glaze over a lot of things that are happening on it because this little fact that, oh, no, they're being attacked. The bad guys are attacking. And then as you get to an adult, like, did this come, this, did this Earth Force just do its weapon testing and everything else underneath people where people are living? They have school children and they're going to do, hmm. <laughs> it's just, um, when I talked about like how this single should be because of the ideas, like one that, that you know it shows like you know like uh, you know like the Earth Federation, you know like which as a kid when you're watching it's like they're the good guys. They have to be the good guys because they're fighting the bad guys. Zeon, the Prince of Zeon, struck first in this episode when you first introduced everyone. So Zeon bad, Earth Federation good. Is only through later episodes, more of the shows which we will talk about. Like uh, when we talk about that, is you realize that. That are sides of gray to all this, 
So the two different sides, because I keep bringing it up. So the Earth Federation of the Principality of Zeon. On the Earth Federation's uh, Space Force, or EFSF, is the, when I talked about that uh, pilot I was picked up, that was Armoro Ray. The other person on the other side of Zeon, the main, like, character show there, Shar Astaball, a.k.a. the Red Comet. So you're introduced to this guy. He's wearing all red. He's got a helmet on, and he's battling Armoro out in outer space. Like I said, it's freaking space robots, okay? And they're shooting each other. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. And so you got these two sides battling each other, and the thing that really, like, shaped me, that really formulated me to basically like this 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 genre this anime is a simple fact that it had layers to it uh shar asnabal is was first brought on as seen as this villain right this 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 the the evil of evil and he's an ace pilot on the on on the principality zeon but uh hold on i should hit the spoiler banner now should I, should I start getting the uh, yeah yeah, yeah just go ahead and drop it because you're about to start like getting into lore but su- summarize your point before you start dropping like plot spoilers plot spoilers like the spoiler banner up <laughs> well some of that is comes from that because armro starts up as this like is is basically from your point of view and everyone's kids point of view on the white base with Captain Bright is Every, a lot of people are pulled into the front lines of this war that wasn't really ready for it, and they're not really geared for it. The, the crew of the White Base are civilians from that first colony that was attacked. And everyone's just basically, the colony's going down. It's getting exploded, so everyone's just getting on this military vessel and getting the heck out of, out of the space colony. And they're just put into this um, drastic situation and everyone just start taking over roles. You know, someone is just brand new. They're in high school. They have, you know, there's like, I kind of, they knew kind of understand how the piloting works. So they start taking over like piloting functions of different mobile suits or the ship itself, cooking meals, even kids on board on the ship. And uh, it's, it's watching people step up in, in their time and eve of this wartime action happening on it. And, and them all trying to, uh, basically just re- rationalize what the heck is going on around them and figuring out what's going on and also trying to showcase the horrors of war, especially when people are ready for it. Because Captain Bright really wasn't a captain when this whole started out. He was a low, like a low lieutenant and it, he wasn't really like a frontline captain, <laughs> especially like he was just, you know, he was, you know, he, but he had the most military experience of everyone. So he was quickly promoted. Boom. Okay. You're captain of the ship. Why? Highest ranking officer here. <laughs> Good luck. We know? have no choice but to make you captain. Yeah, yeah. And um, everyone you're commanding, some of them are civilians. <laughs> the ace pilot of this guy that you're trying to figure out is, he's a child too. Okay, all right, all right. That's fine, that's fine. Who's my second in command? Okay, someone who... <laughs> All right, so it's it's like I said, it's so this ragtag crew of like civilian, mixed civilian, mixed, you know, basically fighting like these hard nosed like combat veterans, like hard boiled um, Zeon forces. <laughs> but like I said, it to me it always showcased the. Um, 
different sides of the battle, like the the, the moods of different shows that could happen. Um, I think it from because I only watched it, you know, was really young when I started watching this. But from growing up and watching the Batman the animated series, I was re- uh, it helped make me ready for like the, to me like ready for like adult themes of like love, loss, like. Um, <laughs> Probably should get the spoiler painter going. <laughs> I, I'm gonna try not. I don't know. Technically, can you really spoil a show that has been over for 20 plus years? You know, come on. I come mean, on. come on. Uh, I would say trying fin- to get people your... to watch it too. Yeah. Yeah, I do want people to watch it. You know. Yeah. So. You know, <laughs> like I want people to watch, watch this show. You know, watch it, watch it. You know, but like the thing is, like everything, like has like a different meaning of it. So, like you have um, different characters, right, that have different motivations while they're in this wartime effort. It's like they may be on a surface. Uh, you get introduced to different characters, or even that has different motivations to it. You know, they're on this side, but not because they actually believe in the principality Zeon's fight for independence on beginning independence from their federation. They want to do something else. Or they actually believe in the the Zeon's independence, but not the way that the ruling family has twisted that. And that's the other thing you notice is that the what people the soldiers on the front line you find out have this idea of what their independence will want and what they really want and then you get also introduced to the you know, the ruling elites of Zeon and they've taken that and twisted it to their own gain because they're just like no we've we're gonna push past this no no not only are we going for independence and declaring war on their federation we want to battle them back and push them to earth and then destroy the earth Okay, <laughs> they have, you know, they've, you know, they, they've twisted what people want because, like, there's some relations like, no, no, we just want to exist in outer space and and have our own government and govern ourselves. Which, like I said, to the ideals of Zeon, when you look at it, like, man, I don't know, man, I probably be a Zeon forces because they're a federation. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Okay, kind of sucks. They kind of suck. Okay. But like I said, when you watch this and present that as uh, as the bad guys, now I am sure I'm talking about this show, and Reinhold's going like, uh, "How does these bipedal robots in outer space start shooting things? How does this even work? Because wouldn't long range weapons and ships start taking things? Look at Reinhold's is like, yeah, Harry, uh, if a navy ship would just your bipedal robot would just go down. Well, you're wrong, not in this world because we have Minoski particles. What the fuck's a Minoski particle? Right, right, right." It's yeah. it's called plot armor. <clears throat> <clears throat> Anyways, the main use of Minoski particles was combat and communication. So when the Minos- so Minoski particles basically, um, how can I put it in uh, terms that uh, are strictly to the point with the time that I have? It's freaking magic. It's just magic. It's just magic. Yeah, <laughs> Minoski par- particles are used like this is how the um, a lot of weapons work, or you know, like if they can't come up, like well. Because Minoski particles developed as a with the in the UC forty nine the Minoski nuclear reactor generators, so they made a nuclear reactor that really didn't like couldn't push out radiation. It was a clean a clean nuclear fission. It's it's fantasy, Rhino. Give it some leeway, okay. <laughs> and the main reason why they went out to outer space is to get this thing called helium three. It's fantasy, Rhino. 
<laughs> helium three allowed them to make you know like these reactor engines and looking um, at the chemical equations and trying to map it out in my head there and it was like <laughs> some of these things over like, it's fantasy right on He's looking at this equation. He's like, this this equation is ass. <laughs> He's like, like, this equation does not work. They fucked up everything here. This, you know. <laughs> I thought you said this was interesting. It is interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> so this thing was allowed to allow the giant robots because not only the Minofsky particles was a byproduct of the nuclear reactors of everything that was going off, it also what it would also disrupt communications and long-range sensors and radars. So your long-distance, like, missiles or uh, combat or communications stopped working. Just it doesn't work. wouldn't work because the Minofsky particles that are... And everyone was using these Minofsky particles. So everything kind of became kind of old techie. So combat had to be, you know, close range, and you had to see people with close range, like, cameras and see, see everything. Because the Minoski particles, you couldn't see it. <laughs> Long range engines don't work because of a Minoski particle uh, density with us, you know, or <clears throat> plot. <laughs> uh, for, for gaming people, they added a fog of war, literally. Yeah, literally a fog of war. And and if the Minoski particles got dense enough, you couldn't see anything. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get this whole. Uh, that's what uh, this this the magic MacGuffin design thing that helped you know like push everything back. So it allows like you know because I'm sure people like Ryan are like yeah if you were walking around with a gigantic robot Gundam thing walking around the city like we'll just shoot it with a long range missile it'll go down quickly it'd be pointless. It's a gigantic hot moving target you know slowly moving armored target you know that's making a, and you know. That rattles the ground, which they do, uh, which will showcase in the other ones, like especially Eighth Mobile Suit Team, is that one of the things they use to, you know, detect mobile suit troop movement is, you know, sensing the ground, like ground movement, like the ground is vibrating with these gigantic robots moving around, you know. So, so, you know, now Mobile Suit Gundam is that is is their first like ventured into, and they wanted this for the like realistic anime uh, like of the story to go out so like some they took some liberties and they backfilled and put things in there to like help things out you know so people like ryan old can sit back and enjoy this show he's like sure whatever you say <laughs> <laughs> the other cool thing with uh, mobile gun is also puts this thing in which like it's a disc that i've sent at ryan on several different times in the chat room is the idea of a new type so this new type of individual so that humanity once they've got amongst in the stars and away from planet earth they begin to change and become this thing where they're called new types and that idea that expression to me is always stuck with me the idea that if humanity can progress and and get past itself to be able to be more empathetic to each other to be able to basically feel not and understand and other each other we don't have to fight we can communicate with each other and not have these these like these battles that are, are currently happening it's it's i know it's the idealistic me when i was watching as a kid the idea that like you know like you know 
you know, people could just be empathetic and stop wars or just communicate with the other side. And and the show they have like this thing like where they would have communications using their new type of abilities with other uh, people in on the battlefield. Like this is what's happening, and like several different ones like with um, these. Uh, the energy in the field of because so many people started dying, they would use this energy to help communicate to help stop wars or even help save the earth a couple of times. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh... <laughs> all right. So, what are you guys' questions about Mobile Suit Gundam? You have any questions? It's more of what exactly about it is the thing that shaped your existence. Like it's like I said, it's the themes and the jumps from it. It's the uh, the idea that nothing is as like always what it seems. Like there's possibly something else going on, or uh, you can't really take some things at face value. Like the Earth Federation forces, like I said, like were presented as the good guys, but as you later learn on and on and you move on through the series, it's like no, they're they're just they're just they're just men. They have, they all have their other agendas and they're, you know, even at the, um, you know, like when you get to the end, you know, like the end of Mobiles with Gundam, like they, um, they, they are, they are, they're, they realize the military might that they had when they, they finally beat Zeon. They're so afraid of armor array. They put them under armed guards. You know, they, 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 but we, we can't trust you. We can't trust you, but I just fought your war. It's like, you know, I'm 16 years old now. You know, he's just turned 16. You know, he sh- you know, I, the war's over. It's peacetime. And he should be able to travel the world. Nope. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Lock and key. Or put you up. Um, but the Earth Federation does, you know, like I said, like terrible different things. Like keeping, they also kept, I kept the, the classify everyone on white bases, new types, um, as a way to keep, the and use the white base um because they really didn't believe in new types they just classified them as that and then use them as bait to for the zeon troops to go after while they pulled up a different uh like uh roundabout like a uh, different tactics to attack on the z on the zeon forces they just kept using them as bait oops you know so Yeah, it's the yeah. That's the thing that Jake means, like knowing that other people might have different um, like motives, you know, like, ulterior or, motives. Oh, yeah, every someone probably has an ulterior motive, and you know, nothing. As some things aren't surface level, you know, it's the. And then also like with Shara Asnabal, presented as a villain, like the ultimate villain, but he's just trying to, um, he's but he's not. He's not. He you know he may seem, and everyone talks about how he he should be my rival, my emes- my nemesis, but he's just trying to um, one get revenge um, for like what has happened to him, right, and to stop the twisting of the Zabi family of, in Zeon of what they did. So people of Zeon can actually get, people in outer space can get the freedom and independence that they actually deserve and actually want. So, yeah. 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 So, there's always, that's always um, interesting to me in in literature, fantasy. Right on, you cut out. We can't out. hear you. We can't hear you. Can't hear me at all? That, oh, yeah, you're right now. Yeah, yes. yeah, we're yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. So, I'll start again. Um, that's something that always interests me in literature, um, especially in um, 
fiction, right? So it's the hero, it's the it's the antihero or the uh, villain who has motivations that are believable, that are human, that are understandable. That you can you can get behind why he is doing what he's doing, whether you might agree with it or not. There's still that aspect of it. And it's one thing I've, I've been working on um, over the years, trying to put together a story myself where you actually follow your protagonist all the way through the story, only to learn throughout the story that he's actually the villain. Yeah. Right. And then what, you know, how does that turn take at the end of the story? And you find out the, the villain that he is fighting is actually the hero uh, that would normally be there. So mm-hmm. that's, that's always what's uh, in, you know, when, when somebody does a, a villain and, and they don't have motivations, they don't have any reasoning behind it. They're just you know, characters of, of somebody bad mm-hmm. uh, that never, that never sat well with me and there was never enjoyable. So. Right. You want, you want, you want your villain to be a person too. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing is that every person is supposed to be the hero of their own story. Mm-hmm. And if your villain sees himself as the hero of his story, that means you have a much deeper conversation to have if that villain is actually right. Yep. 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 Yeah, because there's a lot of people in the show even viewed Char as the villain, but he didn't. No, no, by any means. He was like, no, I'm I'm doing and you know, these are some things that he did was like, you know, just trying to well, I don't want to get, you know, like, spoiler, uh, you want to get too far also ahead in the series because like, you know, he, he also views the only way that peace can actually be attained if everyone becomes a new type. So how to get people to become new types? Get everyone off Earth. How to get everyone off Earth? Destroy the Earth. <laughs> So he goes back on that plan of the zombies. Maybe the zombies went wrong. I've got another idea. <laughs> they were wrong, but I'm going to be right. Do the same thing they're doing, but I'm going to be right about it. You know, so. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, like I said, it's a, you know, it's that that complex mix. And I also like this one because uh, after like this, uh, after a lot of the uh, later on in like Mobile Suit, the whole Mobile Suit series. Uh, you get a lot of more ornamental speeches and uh, like the, they, they, I think they take the opera angle when people kept calling them space operas and they push, they, they're like, fine, you're going to call us that? Full throttle, let's go. Look at these speeches that we can do. You know, like, Here, here's this 20-minute uh, soliloquy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew, uh, it was Andrew WK did a, a, a good speech from one of the speeches here at Mobile Suit Gundam. It was the uh, Zabi um uh, funeral speech when um, they're rallying the troops after um, his brother died in battle which they do believe it was the white base that shot them down but they don't but what they don't know Shar said that motherfucker <laughs> they set him up set him up set him up to die <laughs> and they're trying to rally the troops with propaganda and everything I was like we've got to get them and blah blah blah, blah. yeah so but like, uh, there's a great Andrew WK uh, uh, doing the speech because, like, it it almost makes you wish they put that in the dub. They just stop it. Like, we're mm. just gonna add this. Put this, his this, version this. in. Yeah, this is better. Yeah, yeah. The voice actor is great, but this was so much better. You know, I I'll, I'll share it in the Discord. You know, right. I, I do it here, but you know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the evil overlords out on the internet. Usually hate that. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know, I know. It's it's a uh, it's fun to watch people like jump in. Like, how the heck are we streaming on a Friday night? And I was like, I know. Look at us. We're here on a Friday night, just chatting, talking. 
you know, having fun. But yeah. All right. All right. Very interested to hear your other takes on the other Gundams that you have on your list. Oh, we'll yeah. get there. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. I'll get there. That's the, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> like how how you how are they different? How they're different? Now your takes are going to be different. Very different. Very diverse. Okay, <laughs> different genres. Okay, completely different. All right, very different. So do do you want to sandwich the animes? Sandwich. Reinhold with anime or do animes and then dessert with Reinhold? Um, let's say uh, I, I like the idea of sandwiching the anime, but uh, uh, but no, no, we'll let Reinhold be the dessert. Everyone, you know, like you know, like, let, let's just force everyone through all the anime and then they can get they get Reinhold at the end. <laughs> all right, look at Reinhold. I have to sit through all the anime. Yes, right. Oh, it's all right. You, they're making me. They're making me suffer through this. So I can't just tune out at the end. And um, <laughs> and, and they're saving at least at least the culturally significant portion of the of the podcast will be there for the end. Whoa, 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 whoa! You How believe? You, you want to believe? We get it. How dare you? All right, so. The culture existence of Shar Asnaval, right? Oh my god! See that helmet? See this helmet? Yeah. yeah. One of the first Japanese men in outer space requested to wear that damn helmet. Okay, that one, Shar Asnaval's helmet in outer space. So, sir, sir, culture. I got culture. <laughs> oh, remember that, and we'll compare it to what I'm going to talk about, and I'll explain why. It's a a little lacking. <laughs> for cultural significance, sorry. let's put it that way. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't worry, I know mine isn't cultural significant <laughs> at all. So shaped, shaped, you know, shaped a nation, sir. Sir, shaped a nation. Okay, shaped which nation? Japan. Oh, yeah. I mean, they do have an actual eighty-foot Gundam statue in Japan. And as soon as we get Minoski particles, a, we'll be good. They have a huge statue of uh, Godzilla, too, I'm sure. But... Like I said, we get Minoski particles. We get <laughs> Gundams. You know, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> but right now, it's like, you know. It's sort of like... Science. I like I liked the idea of playing with science. That's one of the things with science fiction I always liked is it was science-based, but they, they did a twist on it that wasn't technically probably possible, but it's close enough that you can believe it kind of developed from actual science. Ooh, ooh, just wait till we get to Steins Gate. Really just good. wait till we get to Steins Gate. Oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a it's hard that. it's a hard science. So there's there's different types of science fiction. There's a light science fiction and a hard science fiction. And a hard science fiction is really deep, hard technical science. Right. Um, but we'll we'll get into that with Isaac Asimov and Steins Gate, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. well, yeah. But it, but it's nice to see, you know, Especially how as long ago as this was probably put together to have that, you know, idea of developing another version of hydrogen on top of and all the effects of it and the think it out, plan it and have consequences for it. So it doesn't shift as you're going through the story to just kind of fit the narrative and then it doesn't, you know, fit the original. Mm-hmm. Right. So as long as it's based like that, that's always good. Mm-hmm. 
and they talk about this with like, like, like some of the radiation happened. And then the, the I don't want to like jump into the other, like there's some other gun things where they take that Minoski particle thing and they take a different turn on it. Like what if the particles hurt people, you know, there's a different alternate reality where that happens. Like it's not clean. It hurts. You know, so you know, it does other things. So <sighs> going into the uh, trash category. I mean, sure. So, my, the first one I'm talking about is uh, Kanasuba, God's God's blessing on this wonderful world. Uh, before I can actually explain why I enjoy this series, I have to explain the genre it's a part of. So, technically, Kanasuba is what is known as an isekai in Japan, or other world, or another world. So, it kind of takes the ideas of like a, a normal human human being going into a, a fantasy realm. Stuff like Alice in Wonderland and such of this, which this this is more of the the Eastern uh, the more English versions of things that inspired the isekai genre. Hmm. So, like you know, anything like if they travel another world, so yes, becomes it, an isekai. Technically, the the term isekai is another world. So if they they do something that takes them to a different world of some sort, it's considered an isekai. Is Mortal Kombat an isekai? Yes. Because they go to Outworld. <laughs> so yes. So any any example of you can think of a, a person going from one world to another world is technically an isekai. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Is Inception an isekai? Depends. It depends on what your definition of another world is. It's the thing too, is if it's just going from one world to another, that's most of all science fiction, right? I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to say yeah, that all of that is. I, it's, the, I would think that it's more going from a a dimension or a reality that you're used to to an alternate right reality or something like that, right? Something so, that's different than your own. Right, like um, Magic Kingdom for Sale was a series of books where somebody answered an ad, bought a Magic Kingdom, and then all of a sudden he's in this fantasy world where he's got magic and and everything else. Yeah, that's an Isekai. Okay. The next one. I have no control here. So, in in anime realm, these are some of the... for anime, they divide isekai into where they're going and how they get there. So there are digital worlds, like they go into a video game and inhabit a video game, like Sword Art Online, where the, the, the people go into a virtual reality game and they're trapped in the game. So they have to live it through the dynamics of what's in the game. Then you have stuff that is they choose to go there, like Inuyasha, where the main character goes through a well and ends up in basically feudal fantasy Japan instead of the normal modern-day Japan. And sometimes it's by choice, or they just get whisked there, or they die and get reincarnated as there, like um, like Mushiko Tensen at the end. is they You die and get reincarnated into this whole new world of things. So you go to the next one. Which would put a damper on dying. Like, oh, oh, oh crap. 
Yeah, like you die and you get reborn. But the thing is, is that you go to the next one. For a lot of the Japanese, a lot of the the anime isekai, there are a lot of tropes that go along with what happens. So like the main, you die and you get reborn and you end up becoming super powerful and like a main character. Like this first one in the bottom corner with the little girl who is a overpowered being blessed by God. And they're the main driving factors of the conflict of the world. Or sometimes you're the villain, which is the the next one. Or you have a party of people that follow you and are massively powerful, just as powerful as you are. Like uh, the time I was reincarnated as a slime. Uh, other times it's just you take mundane human everyday things and turn it into profit or something that they didn't have before. Like Drugstore in Another World is a guy who is a pharmacist and knows medicine so he opens a pharmacy in a fantasy world that doesn't happen. Hmm. So I he makes basically magic penicillin for people who are sick and then they take penicillin and they, it fixes the entire issue of the world. Or they tend to, or a lot of times they end up coming in with something from our modern world and into this fantasy world that doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. So, like another world with my smartphone is a guy who gets reincarnate, who gets sent to another world with a smartphone that has internet access and can pull up anything that he needs to look up mm-hmm. because God willed it to be. Okay. Or they, or the character has abilities that other characters can't have, like Kirito there, the dude with the two swords. And that, in that digital world, only one person has the ability to use two swords, and it's him, the main character. So, Isekai usually has a lot of these very similar tropes from anime to anime. Usually, there's a lot of the main character ends up getting a bunch of love interests. Because oh, it's it, it's usually a, a young male fantasy. So they all the girls they meet end up falling in love with them in some way, shape, or form. The reason I bring all this up is because Kanasuba is a massive satire on the premise, and the best way to embody that is the main character, Kazuma. Kazuma. Is dies and gets reincarnated to a new world. And the way he dies is that he pushes a girl out of the way of getting hit by a truck. But he gets told by the goddess who's resurrecting him that it wasn't a truck, it was a tractor that stopped. And he died from shock because he got thought he thought he got hit by a truck. And he pissed his pants, and the paramedics laughed at him. And the doctors doing surgery to try to save his life laughed at him. And his family laughed at him because he died in such a pathetic way. <laughs> and then when he gets when he gets reincarnated into this new world, he ha- he doesn't have all this crazy fantasy powerful things. And the one thing he brought with him, the goddess that was being a dick to him, really doesn't do anything. She sucks. <laughs> Because they they kind of go with the the traditional like D and D stats of like strength, intelligence, charisma, and, and such, 
and the the goddess has below average intelligence and the lowest luck that anybody's ever seen. So this powerful goddess that he thought would help him doesn't do anything. So he's poor for most of the series, (laughs) but he's actually since in Japan, he was a shut in who didn't go to school, who stayed at home and played video games. He's a garbage person. So he ends up learning the, the, when he's learning abilities from people so that way he can survive in this world, he gets the ability of steal. And the thing he ends up stealing is panties and celebrates it by waving around in the air and then forcing the girl to pay double for what she took from him for her own panties back. To the point where all the characters in the world refer to him as Kazu Trash because he's a terrible person. No damn Kazu Trash. Mind you, this is all comedy because it's, it's fantastic. And he also he ends up with a party like most of the other other worlds do. And his party is also terrible. Because his party has on paper are really good and have really good concepts, but in execution, they're awful. So as stated before, he has Aqua, the goddess who sucks. She she's she has all these skill points that she uses on party tricks instead of actually getting better. Um, he has a really powerful archmage who only spends all their points into uh, explosion and doesn't get any more mana, so they can only use explosion once, and then they pass out and are completely incapable of doing anything. And then he has a crusader, or like a paladin, uh, named Darkness, uh, who can't hit a a stationary target, but his but is also a masochist, so she's okay with tanking things. Hmm. So she literally gets in, like she literally gets in the way of people fighting, so she like she can get hurt <laughs> because it it's what she really enjoys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so. This series is, yeah, it's base. It's it's exactly that. It's ex- it's as it's as, as kinky as you think it is, and she <laughs> does exactly. She acts exactly as you think she would. Um, the <laughs> this show is pure comedy. It is entertaining. It it plays on these tropes of satire of all these isekai tropes, and turns them into something that is much more than the sum of its parts where you have a character who is who is trash and it's not as stereotypical of oh this main character is going to be the best most powerful character when every other person looks down on him like he's nothing hmm. so the reason I picked Kanasuba is that this series got me and a bunch of other people, uh, Harry included, uh, back into watching anime. Uh, after college, uh, life stuff happened for me, so I end up having, like, I end up moving, starting a new job, like having a girlfriend, life stuff. So I just stopped. I basically stopped watching most anime. 
And then I kept seeing memes and jokes and gifs about, you know, Aqua being useless because for uh, it's all over the internet that she's useless and darkness being a masochist and Kazuma being trash and his terrible, his terrible resurrection story. Um, all those things I was, I kept seeing it over and over again. And I was like, all right, I just have to go see what this is because I've seen enough of it. It looks funny. So I'm going to go out of my way and go find it. And I end up telling Harry and, um, a that I was going to watch this series. And Escalja decided that, you know what? I'm going to watch this series too. And thus has led to a massive rabbit hole of sadness for everybody involved. Uh, <laughs> um, it, because Escalja had stopped, also had stopped watching anime. And me saying that I was going to pushed him into also restarting watching it as well. And through me watching these animes, I've found a lot of series that I, I thoroughly enjoy, that have, that have affected me emotionally, that has that helped me with my own personal like writing talent and stuff like that. And if it wasn't for me going to going out of my way to look at this ridiculous series about a ma- about a character who is literally scum, <laughs> that I wouldn't have found a lot of these series i wouldn't have nearly as much to talk about with people like Escalja, and it actually deepened like the bond of friendship with us because we were able to talk about a lot of different series and finding out like oh you've watched this i've watched this or hey i like this you want to try this one out uh, and it's to the point where Escalja uh made a spreadsheet of all the anime that uh we have watched as friends and friend groups and we're Approaching uh, three, uh, not three, 500 animes on this list. Mm. Uh, it is um, quite concerning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You guys are sick. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, but two times this... if we need to send help. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I choose to be miserable. It's fine. Okay. All right. But this silly comedy series uh, really really like brought me back into the anime world and allowed me to look at a lot of different series. And it also, the comedy in it is just on point. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's sometimes where there's this moments that is just so perfect that it, that it's hard to put into words. The, the main character is such scum that there's a villain as a villainous, with massive breasts that he willingly submits to <laughs> because she puts him between them and turns on his party that he's been working with for, for like over a year at this point because he felt like they didn't respect him <laughs> and he would rather date this woman. That's a, that's a... It's Kazu trash, okay? Exactly. Yes. Right. All right. Yeah. He's yeah. a trash person. Yeah. You're right. I have seen this anime. I've watched his anime, and yes, he is a um, terrible person. Okay. 
was awful. Um, and yes, this did kind of like help jumpstart me getting back into watching anime again because I think I got burnt out on the whole high school slice of life animes that just get churned out there for a second. It was just like everything was in high school. Everything was high school. Like I was like, okay, I get it. I'm not in high school. I, it's hard for me to relate to like, high, it's got to be a really good high school anime to get me to go like want to watch it. Like a Chinibio and um, other like that one gets to me. Yeah. But everything else is like, oh, it's high school. I'm, I'm, I'm so far removed from high school. Like I think after, you know, like, but you know, like now it's, I'm, I'm almost at my 20 years of being out of high school. So it's like, it's, yeah. So, yeah. I'm not like Ryan Hole where like, you know, High school was invented when he went to high school. Um, he you know, made it, you know, was showing people like we should do this thing. It's called high school. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a good series. It's a good comedy series for people that that are just if you want something to just laugh at. It's short. It's only twenty episodes with a movie, and it's all on Crunchyroll. That's See? available to, to watch mm-hmm. if you want to watch it, and it's. And the main character is an advocate for true gender equality because he will drop kick a woman just as much as he would drop kick a man. <laughs> See, Rifle, that's a small, easy series for you to pick up and watch real quick. Progressive concept right there, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Reinhold, uh Forward thinking. You want to pick up some comedy? I was going to ask about the comedy a little bit. Um, what yep. kind of comedy? You say it's, it's a different type of comedy. What kind of comedy is it, though? Is it like... Um, so... You have like a dry humor for like the British Black Adder, that sort right. of thing. It's Americans more slapsticky. Is this more just it? There's this, or? there, there's there's a lot of different versions. There's a lot of there's a lot of slapstick. There's a lot of like lewd comedy because one of the characters is legitimately a masochist that likes when the main character cuts her off and doesn't let her talk. Mm-hmm. And she she basically just starts quivering on the spot. <laughs> so there's some lewd comedy, there's some slapstick comedy, especially since one of the characters literally becomes immobilized whenever she does her abilities. But then there's plenty of moments where um, there's a moment when that character Megumin, who got, who basically gets paralyzed, uses her ability and is inside of a mouth of a giant frog, and he's like. Yeah, don't worry about me. Uh, I'm fine. Uh, it's it's actually really warm in here. Uh, it won't eat me because uh, it's because of the angle. So uh, you can go take care of the other ones. And then as he's going to take care of them, she just starts yelling. He's like, um, yeah, I think it's digesting me now. So I would appreciate if you help me before I die. I would really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this review is going to be different because I can actually watch this anime. So, like, I kind of like talk. Plenty of dry humor. There's, there's plenty of dry humor. There's plenty of moments where it's uh, overly lewd without showing any nudity or anything, because the main character steals character's panties. But, but also he also gets his comeuppance where people don't people treat him like shit because he's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is neat because it also has like that sitcom like where some it doesn't really like really reset like a sitcom because like because the thank goodness it doesn't because like the show would be completely boring if it just reset all the freaking right. time like it builds upon itself like getting things and but like you know but 
that that recurring theme of you know they may have won the day but at the end of the day they're just, they're gonna be poor again or they're gonna mess yeah, something yeah. up they've messed something up yeah it's very fantastic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's still continuity things do change yeah like yeah. you meet a bunch of different other characters there's a um there is a wizard you meet who runs a item shop but the harder she works the the broke the more broke she becomes uh it's just her curse so no matter how hard she works, she will slowly but surely become more and more poor. It's kind of like if you enjoyed uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you're going to enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like anime, you'll, Cosma you'll is kind of Dennis. He's, he really is Dennis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah, yeah. So if you enjoy that type of humor, yeah, yeah, you'll enjoy mm-hmm. Kosuba. So Ryan will pick it up Konosuba or Mobiles of Gundam. Hmm? Hmm? One, one, two episodes. Hmm? I, I will consider mm-hmm. consider it, but That's no which, which which one? I don't know. It depends on what I'm in the mood for at the time, I guess. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's fine. That sounds fine. like two different genre, two different types oh, of totally different genres, totally Sorry. different different feels. One is, you know, science fantasy. I'm not gonna lie. Grounded murder porn, and the other one is is high, is high fantasy, uh, high fantasy, uh, terrible people doing terrible things. Yeah, mine comes with 50 episodes, and uh, it, which is the beginning of a, a uh, genre or series. Uh, <laughs> and if you really want to find out what the hell happened, you got to keep watching. Uh, so, but I recommend watching Konosuba if you're gonna watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, even great. Though, unless you're into the, you know what? I can watch a bunch of Gundam. <laughs> yeah, because even when you get to the end, it was like, cool. That didn't solve any of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions. What the f- just happened? <laughs> got to watch another one. All right, I have more questions. <laughs> cool. We got another one for you. You know, but um. Yeah, and mine is self-contained, you see. Yeah. The yeah. the characters are just always shit people. Yeah. It does go and, and the mobiles of Gundam have that sad point, like where you meet this lady, she's amazing in the series. Yeah, she, she's always helping out Amara, all the guys freaking love her. And uh uh hold on, hold on. Me... <clears throat> anyway, so this <laughs> and um people love her and she risks her life and dies saving the crew and they get past you know everyone's sad and they make it past this point and they get to the earth federation's earth base so they're in they're finally somewhere safe you are safe you know you're the headquarters of the earth federation forces you're safe and they get there and they find out the lady who risked her life and died saving them and getting them there. The guy who's running the docks and everything like that, that um, forget his rank, but that guy there, they were apparently supposed to get married once she arrived there with white base and all of them was going to be in the wedding. They had this entire thing planned out. They didn't tell anybody. And uh, you're dealing with that thing like that. And, um, and when they go to leave, they're being attacked and the guy's like, listen, any scratch on white base, I think it is a personal attack, you know, against my, uh, sh- you know, should be wife. We're going to keep, you know, we're going to protect her. It's like just pulling at your heartstrings. It's freaking time. Okay. All right. And then they introduce characters and 
and then you watch them grow up in the other parts of the series. It's it, it's great, you know, like some of the kids that are on the base, you know, like and Kai Sheedan, one of the guys on there. Um, you actually see him in a different job, like thing, and he like he pops up and goes like, uh, and um, one of them and goes Kai, like I've got a guy that can help you out, but he really hates Zion. He's <laughs> like, what? Why does he hate Zion? Well, he fought a lot of him when he was a teenager, so he really hates you guys. <laughs> All right, I'll take the spoiler banner down. Which, you know, it doesn't come with an alarm. I should probably get some alarm sounds for it, right? Mm -hmm. Let let the the audio listeners know. That's true. If you're listening to the audio podcast, uh, we have uh, we've probably done a terrible job on this first one of telling people that uh, we have uh, images and slides from the live show. Um, So that's not all of us. Reinhold's fault um, uh, (laughs) describing it was his job to describe the slides for the audio uh, podcast. So he's Reinhold's slipping. So, so, um, so it's my, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you are, yeah, if you are mad, uh, address all hate mail to Reinhold at wearelibertarians.com. That is Reinhold at (laughs) wearelibertarians.com. Interesting to see anything in that mailbox. All hate mail. All- <laughs> I'll take hate mail at this point. Just indifference. Is that? Do you actually have that? Like, as an as is that your uh, wall? Like a uh, uh, email box, though. I feel I bad that it is if you actually have that mailbox. <laughs> I, I do. I don't think that's set up. No. Probably not. She'll get me at like anything at Reinhold.org or something like that. Who knows? No. Yeah, mine's mine's like all forwards to like my other email, so yeah, it's great. It's uh, easy to get, but you know, Sprangle messed something up, so I can't like email out of it. So you can email me, but I can't email you back. Well, I can, <laughs> but it's gonna come from a different email box. So trust me, it's me. I actually don't trust me. To be verify the PGP encryption key that's in the signature, uh, and you'll be fine. All right, so if you have sat this far, this long tooth in the episode, then uh, um, we've got a small treat for you. It's uh, called Reinhold. Uh, So, Reinhold, what are you from the depths of the basement, the second basement of the Wheeler Tenant Studios? What are you bringing out? Dark basement. The um, first of all, I have to apologize because I didn't put together pretty slides to, to show to the people who are watching this on. YouTube or Twitch or else you may find streaming services being pushed out. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the audio people, I will be able to do a better job of just explaining it, I think. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but what I have is someone who is uh, very influential to me um, throughout my life and kind of made me who I am um, and formed, formed, formed who I am, him, another person, and my my father, my parents, or, you know, that's the that's the core of my being. So this is the first person that we're going to talk about. His name is Harry Chapin. Um, you, I don't know how many people have heard of him. They, most people have heard of one of his songs because it was very, very popular. Uh, it was called Cats in the Cradle. Um, and, and that song is is song of his but it's not his i think his best it is kind of 
poignant and that's what people liked about it. But the funny thing was, is that all of his songs were that way. All of his songs had a message that wasn't your typical message, but it was, it was something that grabbed you. It's something that opened up your view into other people's lives that may, may be different than what you're used to growing up with. Um, you know, people who have really hard times, people have really desperate times, that, that sort of thing. And, and most of the songs were kind of tragic in, the, in a way, but they were also very hopeful in the fact that people were finding, um, finding things within the stories. Right. Um, so he started out uh, wanting to be a, uh, a pilot. So he went to the, the Air Force. He kind of funked out of that. Um, he always grew up with music. He learned to play trumpet when he was younger and switched to guitar when he was older. Um, him and his brothers used to have a band that they played at the church and they even got a, a record to done. And then he went off to make some movies. He uh, was nominated for um, an Oscar for one of his documentaries. Um, and then he kind of came back to town, found out that his brothers had kicked him out of the band and he, uh, put together his own thing and decided to open up for him and um, kind of the rest is history from there. He, he just started taking over the shows. He just started being um, the, the highlight of what people are going to his, one of his first hits was taxi, which I don't know how many people might've heard that song, but it's about a, a guy who's 10 years out of high school is driving a taxi. He's kind of, um, bumping around in life. He hasn't figured out what he wants to do yet. And he picks up a fare and turns out to be his old high school girlfriend. She's going to some rich dude's house that she lives at now. So she's married into wealth, um, but she's not happy. Right. Mm -hmm. And she kind of condescends him at the end of the song. You know, they talk about how he kind of went through life and now she was supposed to go off and be an actress and he was going to learn how to fly because he's going to be a pilot. Um, and he figured that she was, you know, acting like she's happy and he's flying when he's, you know, driving his taxi and smoking pot. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the it, it's a he tells stories like a lot of people when first when uh, Billy Joel's uh, Piano Man came out. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a story song. That's, you know, what, what we call this a story song. Everybody thought that was a Harry Chapin song because Harry Chapin was the king of making story songs right his stories were like you and and i've watched some people recently trying to because there's a lot of reactors out there listening to music now reacting to old music mm -hmm. and every once in a while someone will stumble on a harry chapin song and listen to it and they all say the same thing is that when you listen to the song you can see everything he's talking about like a movie being played out in your head um and and that's that's talent that's that's incredible writing it's Forming is very good. He's, he's very good in, in concert. Um, and beyond that, though, his stories, like I said, were more touching on themes of, of tragedy and hope and despair. And it, I mean, all that's kind of tied together again. And it just it, it left you leaving like you had read a novel that mm -hmm. was really impactful to you. Only you got it in 10 minutes. Now, he didn't become, he wasn't uh, as popular. I mean, he was, he, like, at one point, he was the uh, the highest paid musician uh, on a record deal. 
uh, in the seventies because of uh, the bidding war that took place to get him on the records. Um, so he was very popular, but he never made like really big popular success because radios couldn't play a lot of his songs because they were well over four minutes long. Right. He had a seven or eight minute song. People aren't playing that, you know, not, you know, uh, very often. So a lot of top 40 stuff, you just didn't hear that. So that's one of the reasons that Cats to Cradle was popular because it was actually like three and a half minutes long. It wasn't that it, it could get played. Right. Um, yeah, which has to be like one of the like the few like songs like uh, I re- actually do remember of hearing like when you say Harry Chaplin, that's the one song I do think about. But like when you talk about the themes of the other songs, like okay, I think I've heard that one before. Taxi, you might have heard before. That was another big popular song hit. So those are the two big hits. He had another one called WLD, which was about a disc jockey who was finally figuring out he needed to settle down as he because he. As a disc jockey, kind of left around town, so he's trying to reconnect with his old wife and his kid, who has his kids and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to say, "Hey, you know, you're right. I need to sell down. We'll start open that record store. Um, the, my voice is going. The kids are laughing at me because I'm too old to be a disc jockey at the dance hops and everything like that." Mm-hmm. Um, and she basically says, "Yeah, but I've found somebody else who really cares about me, and I'm going to stay there now." So just kind of pushes aside. He kind of missed his window as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another story of his. Uh, he's got a song called Sniper, which is really powerful. It's a real long one, but it's real powerful because it's uh, about an actual guy who went to a clock tower and killed people. Oof. And it's sung from his point of view, kind of trying to examine what drove him to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, very powerful songs. It's, but they're also fun to listen to. Um, one of, he did a a, cob, a cabbage patch gospel once, where he wrote a basically a uh, a play with little animals playing the parts of sort of biblical stories and things like that. But okay. one of the songs he had was called um, "I Wonder What Would Happen to This World," and basically this, the the lines behind it was if a man tried and spent his time on earth to prove before he died what one's man one man's life could be worth i wonder what would happen to this world right so that's kind of the process of the song it's trying to say okay try to think more than just your little life try to do more try to be more try to impact the world in some way um and that's kind of what he did because in the middle of all of this that he's doing with all these and he he was a uh force of nature where he would just go and go and go because he was born with asthma and mm-hmm. he figured he wasn't going to live very long. So he's trying to do as much as he can and cram it in as, as best he could. Right. Um, so on top of doing all the, the uh, performing he was doing and the writing he was doing, he, he would do like 300 songs a year, 250, 300 songs a year or albums or concerts. Sorry. He'd do that many concerts a year. Half of them would be uh, for free. The money would go to charity for half of the ones he did. Um, he ended up talking to um, uh, a reverend of some sort about Bill Evers. He, uh, They were talking about the, the problems with uh, hunger in the world and people going to bed hungry, and it just, just it bothered him so much. They started a, a group called World Hungry Year, which to this day is still a big charity that goes out and tries to solve hunger problems, right? Um, 
he was the he would do constantly do concerts to try and get other musicians to join him in doing what he was doing, going out there and trying to do stuff for charity, do stuff for for other people, starving people, that sort of thing. And not long after he passed away, We Are the World came out, which was basically a direct result of the work he was doing with with uh, World Hunger Year ended up developing into that. Because everybody, because after his death, everybody kind of was like, yeah, you were right. We should have done more. They kind of got together and did that. That's what kind of started that whole thing. So he was kind of like the first musician who was out there really trying to do those types of things. He, you know, he's raised millions and millions of dollars for world hunger. He got a congressional gold medal of honor after his passing, which was the first musician to get that since the twenties, I think, um, for all his work. So good. He got it uh, posthumously. Um, so he's like actually trying to do it, not sitting on like right. TikTok or Instagram. No, no, he like, he was like, look at me helping. No, he was like, yeah. I had to put my money where my mouth is. He's like, mm-hmm. so when he would do the the half of his shows for free, he said I would do one show for me and I'd do one show for the other guy. That was his kind of thought process, right? So he was always trying to, um, trying to push this idea of empathy out to everybody and and thinking about how other people's lives may not be like yours, but it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that they have different experiences and try to understand them through that and how uh, he's got one song called um, everybody's lonely, which is basically his, his thought process at the time was everybody goes through life lonely and they're just looking for connection. They're looking for other people. They're looking for that feeling of, of interconnectedness with someone love and, and caring. So that's kind of the driving force behind behind human nature in his mind. So, um, the, he's got I'm just, as far as the the catalog of songs he has, there's probably fifty or sixty that are just wonderful. If you get there's one called um, um, "What Made America Famous," and it's a story about how the hippies in town and the suits in town were always clashing with each other, and um, you know. They used to paint swastikas on the on the uh, firehouse station door, you know that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. um, then there was a a fire in the building that they lived that the hippies were living in, and the, um, the fire department had to come out and save them, you know. But of course, they were like, you know, just you know, let them let them sweat a bit. At, you know, they'll never know we didn't get there. Rush, rush there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this one scene, though, he, he gets rescued by one of the firemen and he's spent, you know, spent the night in that guy's house. And he makes this comment in the song. It says, when you get that close, it's kind of hard to hate. Mm-hmm. Right. Once you get to understand somebody and be with them and treat and see them as another human being sitting right next to you, it's really hard to just hate that person. So. That's, that's kind of the, the the thoughts and feelings that I get from his music and his work and all the all the tireless effort he did to put his money where his mouth is. And trying to get that message out there, like, you know, like, don't sit in your ivory tower, go out there with these people, you know, be one out of, there one, and do things. One of his uh, later albums was called Dance Band on the Titanic. And he had this, he had come to this realization that he felt like he was, on the you know screaming hey there's an iceberg coming mm-hmm. and nobody is doing anything about it 
like what what society is going through is the is the titanic hitting getting towards the iceberg and he's trying to say come on do something you gotta turn it and nobody's listening to him and on that album there's there's two great songs one's called dance man on the titanic which is a, a really wonderful song um about the people playing the music on the titanic as it's going down mm-hmm. you know it's kind of their story um but he also has on there a very long song that's probably like 15 minutes long but it's essentially his autobiography his story mm-hmm. when he grew up and what he was doing to the to all the way through to um now he's looking at his kid and trying to pass on you know what he knows and what his knowledge is to his kids so his kid can go fight the fight that he was fighting mm-hmm. uh, when he's gone so uh, there's a great great line in there about um I'm almost 33. The age of Mozart died uh, and, and Jesus was set free. Um, I, I'm soon, soon curious about the tragedy that will soon be falling me. Right. He's, he's thinking about midlife mm-hmm. and, and you know, he's not, he's not young anymore. And then he says, today, I just had my birthday. I made it 34 mere mortal, not immortal, not star crossed anymore. I've got this problem with my aging. I can no longer can ignore a tame and toothless tabby can't produce a lion's roar. So he's really examining his life and what he's going through at that time in that song. So if you ever want to know kind of what he's thinking about mm-hmm. uh, and what his his story is, I, w- I would suggest going to that one. So, yeah. And what's the, uh, the what's the name of that song again? Uh, that name of that song it was "There's Only One Choice." Okay. That's a bunch of great songs i mean like uh, if you want to really get to know uh, check out the there's there's two good albums that you can check mm-hmm. first one is greatest stories live which was actually filmed and recorded like halfway through his career um so it's not got some of the later hits and stuff like that but it's mm-hmm. it's a good representation of what he's like in 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 on live in you know mm-hmm. doing songs live um and then there's another one called the gold medal collection Mm-hmm. which was put out after his passing and after he got the gold medal awarded to him, they commemorated it with this album, with this, it's a double CD, you know, it's probably got like 40 songs on it. So, uh, and they're all good. So you can just listen to that. And it's got also got intersections in there with a couple different like interviews where he's talking about um, how he sees the difference between good, tired and bad, tired. His grandfather, who was a, a painter taught him this lesson when he was younger saying, you know, there's there's good tired, bad tired. Bad tired is a day that you you won, but you won other people's dreams, you won other people's battles, and you just don't feel comfortable at night. And a, a good day could be a day that you lost, but you lost your dreams and your battles and what you were fighting for. Right. <laughs> and he says, um he says, Grandfather said, I wish I'd have been a better painter, but he said, But um I fought my battles and um I'm good, tired, and I'm ready to, to go. And he says, if there's a way that you can go through life and, and approach that wall of death mm-hmm. that everybody is scared of with that degree of hope and equanimity, mm-hmm. then he wanted that. So that's he, he got that lesson when he was really young. So those, like I said, those, those are the concepts and um, thoughts that go through that, that music that really inspired me a lot. And I first heard him when I was probably 
seventh grade, eighth grade high school. Okay. So um, it's really informed me a lot through my whole life. So. Yeah. Because that's what I was curious. Like, how did you like pick this up? Because like, you know, you've got the internet, I get on YouTube or because. Oh, you know, it's like, a great story, YouTube. actually. I, um, so, you know, a lot of people had heard Cats at the Cradle, right? So yeah. I was in a class and my teacher was named Mr. Curran. Mm-hmm. Um, who passed away when he was in his thirties, unfortunately, but um, he was talking one day and he was just kind of going through different life lessons and stuff like that in, in his class. And he mentioned, uh, there was this guy named Harry Chapin who sang um, cats in the cradle. You might've heard that. And I was like, yeah, I've heard that song. It's a really good song. He's like, he says, and he's got his other song and he talks about some of his other songs, kind of like what I'm doing here. But mm-hmm. one thing he point one of the songs he pointed out was called 30,000 pounds of bananas, which isn't an interesting story a lot of his stories were based off true stories so there's a story about a guy who was driving a truck a semi-truck down a hill in scranton pennsylvania and his brakes went out right mm-hmm. and he just you know dies at the end of this crash because of the going down the hill and everything and um he was you know hauling bananas so they is there's a punchline about mashed bananas at the end of the song but it's a great sing-along song that he does live in concert that gets everybody hyped mm-hmm. just because of the way it picks up and builds and and as you're going down the hill you know, he's going down the hill kind of nice and calm and then he's getting faster and he can't control it and he's missing buses and it, it becomes this this powerful song and then he ends it with the fact that he had three different endings for the song sure. and his brothers who sang the song to all told him it sucked Right, so he had to go to the next one and said that one's it was like Harry, it sucks. Became a became such a uh saying that he was selling t shirts, <laughs> Harry, it sucks t shirts, right? <laughs> so, this sucks. Uh, it's funny. Then he ended up uh adding a fourth fourth ending, mm-hmm. and I think there's a fifth ending before he passed. He, he put together a fifth <laughs> ending to put on there. Um, and they're all funny, and it's 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 a tragic story, but he somehow mines gold comedy gold out of it. Yeah, and that um, person is Joe Biden. Oh, sorry, he said oh Scranton, Pennsylvania. So, like Joe Biden, he was actually got sued by the widow, and agreed to never to to drop the lawsuit if he would never sing the song in Pennsylvania. <laughs> wow, the widow sued him for singing the song. Well, the widow was not happy. I mean, and the one he did about the sniper, I think the. Sniper's mother was not happy because he admitted that it was her neglect that caused it. Mm-hmm. So he ended up having a, a little bit of a problem with that too. Probably, I could see um, that. He had a, he had a song called "Bummer," which is about a, a guy who basically grew up um, the product of a, a pimp and his prostitute, yeah. and he'd get beat when he was a kid, and he was selling drugs when he was in. 15 years old and he ended up going to jail a lot. And then just before he ends up going to jail big time, he gets drafted into, into Vietnam while he's in Vietnam. He ends up uh, saving a whole battalion of people. And to the point where he should have been dead, he was, mm-hmm. he was so destroyed. Um, but they put it back together and he lived and they give him a, a nice award, you know, medal of honor and everything. So he ended up going back to society and couldn't fit in that was really the only thing he was made for mm-hmm. and he ended up having to drift him back into the crime scene and ended up dying 
in a um, robbery attempt. The the end of the story is very very different than the real life version of the story, uh, but it is based off real life. So there's a lot of his stories are based off real events, either that happened to him, mm-hmm. people he knew, or news in the story. Another great one would be Mr. Tanner, um, which is a song about a, a guy who used to be a, a cleaner at some town in the Midwest. So he, what he had, what he had done is he saw a review in one of the New York, you know, magazines or newspapers, or whatever, mm-hmm. where they basically reviewed this guy's singing of some operatic songs <laughs> and they were just brutal in what they said. And he did it in like five lines. It was just like such a cut down on what he, what they said. He wrote a song about it. So he imagined the guy was this cleaner who had just saved up all his money and everybody was telling him how great he was. He should go try and do it full time. So he, he, he takes the plunge. He does it. He goes out there and he uh, gets those reviews and gets destroyed. And he ends up going back and never singing again. Um, except he would still sing when nobody was around. So singing was what his life was, is not what his livelihood was, was the story of that. Right. So it's a, a, a thing of hope. And what's funny is uh, about f- five years ago, five or six years ago, the uh, one of the guys in the band let loose who the person was that was written about. Mm-hmm. And people started contacting him and saying, Hey, are you this guy? You're this Mr. Tanner guy. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? I don't know who you are. Leave me alone. Cause he'd never heard of Harry Chapin before. <laughs> so he didn't know the song was out here about him. And then he heard the song and he was kind of upset about it mm-hmm. because this is a terrible thing that happened in his life. Now he still continued singing. He wasn't like in the story where he quit singing. Right. He, he still did. And he still had some success and he does some things like that. He's even got a website now, but, um, so, but he ended up thinking more about it and talking to the uh, Harry's brothers. They were still doing the band stuff, and they got him to do for charity to go on stage and sing the the uh, basically his version, his portion of the song that Big John Wallace used to sing mm-hmm. um, to you know over the top of the actual song being played. It was just incredible to see the person who it was written about getting up there and singing that. It was, mm-hmm. it was just emotional. Because that that was a big song growing up for me, so, but I don't know. I could go on for another hour, so we probably <laughs> should kind of stop me here soon. Stop me before I kill again here. <laughs> no, it was just like it's uh, um, you know, like well, like all right. So this, like this whole concept of doing something like this, this is just what I like. It's because you know, people like hear my yours political takes on different things, but like. They're like, what, like, I like this like humanistic, at, you know, aspect of like, you know, like this is the media that I digest and like see help put lenses on how I digest the world and I, and I, I enjoyed hearing this probably because like you're right, but like when it comes to Harry Chapin's music, I will probably only ever listen to Cast in the Cradle because I know this one, I know that song, you know, and I listen to that one regularly, you know, and it keeps remind me to like, oh, you know, like to like. Uh, to go play with my daughter instead of like put like put my work down to go play with her, you know, like no, 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 no. you know, you know, because she like, also yeah. listens to Tangled Up Puppet. It's especially about a, a man and his daughter, daughter growing up through um kind of through puberty into adulthood type thing where she mm-hmm. starts to pull away from him and is not like daddy's girl anymore, mm-hmm. and how he has to deal with that. Tangled Up Puppet, very beautiful song. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh. 
<laughs> song for everything. Man. I'm telling you, this, I can tell you tomorrow. Harry, like before, before you guys is before the the Spangle Show tomorrow. Harry just shows up weeping. He's saying, listen to that song. I hate it that I did. Uh, what did you do to me, right? Look, what did you do to me? What did you do to me? <laughs> I tell you, every time I ever felt depressed or sad or anything like that, I would put mm-hmm. on Harry of music, and it would ironically make me feel better. And I don't, I don't know if I can explain why, uh, other Probably than the fact that I'm hearing, time. I'm hearing stories about other people who are depressed and having issues and dealing with things. I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. This isn't just me that's having to deal with this. Everybody has to deal with this, you know. And I'd yeah. get a little hope out of it. I get, I get a feeling like I could, I can do this. Yeah, well, we all have to deal with things. I mean, yeah. So mm-hmm. it comes, yeah, yeah. Comes. It's that idea of everybody's lonely. You know that. Yeah, that yeah. is what drives everybody. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Plus says this is why I watch cute anime with cute things happening. No more tears. And. Uh, that's me you're hearing about. You're welcome for the hope. Oh, thanks. Oh, my thanks. God. No, oh, no. You don't. Some of the people who are in these stories are way worse off than you are. I mean, trust me. I mean, the bummer guy, the sniper, uh, the guy, 30,000 pounds of bananas guy. I mean, I think those guys probably had a little bit worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, the guy who um, has a one night stand with a beautiful woman and ends up destroying his life over it because he can't deal with the fact that she left and he had the one thing. You, you faded into oblivion. Yeah. Wind, wind up your wind up your mic. I'm starting again. to I'm starting yeah, to kind of yeah. Yeah. All right. Wind your mic up. I'll be a little louder. Get a little closer to the mic again. Uh, I said again. wind. You probably have to wind it back up. But it's a. It, it, the, it, there's just a lot of a lot of stories of people like there's, there's a song about uh, called Corey's Coming where it's about a guy who basically invents a woman that he's he. He's because he's so lonely. He invents this woman who comes and meets him, and he's telling this kid about all this the, this great times he had with her. And then he talks about talks to the other people about him, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no one named Corey ever lived here. It's all a lie. He's an inventor and everything like that." And then he finds out that he passes away. And at the funeral, he's sitting there, and a woman comes up to him and starts talking to him and says her name is Corey, hmm. and he ends up falling for her. And you know, it's it's an interesting story. It's a great song. the The melody is great. So. And it is folk music. You know, a lot of people may not like folk music, but I think that it's more of a story music. Like you feel like you're watching mm-hmm. a movie when you listen to these songs. God damn it, Scalja. Yeah, Scalja wants to know so inventive woman, so a waifu. Well, I don't know if he invents her or if she's actually there, but nobody knows it because the way the story ends, you don't know. That's fair. They leave it open to interpretation. Nice, nice. Okay, all right, all right, all right. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Take it like that. Wow. So, like, uh, yeah. Really interesting to hear. I had no idea. I basically had no idea he existed. So, wow. Wow. This young generation. (laughs) Different generation entirely. Yeah. No, it's that's one of the things I like about what's going on right now on YouTube. There's there's people doing music reactions, and they're all like young people, and they're early 20s you know 18s 25 that sort of thing and they've never they've listened to hip-hop and grew up you know listening to the music of today and thinking oh that's this is what music is and they get exposed to mm-hmm. music from the 70s and mm-hmm. 80s and things like that and their minds are blown mm-hmm. you know 
they start hearing songs like, wait a minute, I've heard this song before. It's been sampled in this other song. I thought that was yep. original, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, they start when they first hear like under pressure from queen and they go, that's ice ice baby. What are you talking about? No, no, it's not. That's why you can't sue me. Oh man. Like, um, just watching people like one, you know, Iggy Stardust or like, uh, David Bowie or hearing Freddie Berkey sing live, you know, like, or, um, uh, hearing like some of the musicals are like of James freaking Brown, <laughs> because most people like they've probably heard like what, what two James Brown songs and doesn't know this man has created several genres of music. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you know you- I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what I like about this is that they're, they go, they, they listen to a couple songs. They're getting attention for it, so they continue to do it. And then they start down this journey as rabbit hole that they ended up just going. Their, their minds just blow, and they just they just start devouring more and more of it. And it's fun to see their eyes light up. I'm so I'm sort of what you would call a magpie, where I love to sh- find something and then show people and say, "Look at this, yep. enjoy it like I did." Yep. And it's it's frustrating because very rarely does that happen where you can actually say, "Hey, enjoy it like I did," and they do. So when you see a reactor reacting to a song that you grew up with and you care about and you, f- you feel about and you see their eyes kind of reacting the way you did when you first heard it, it's it's a, it's a great feeling for a magpie to see. I wholeheartedly ag- agree with that concept because that's basically how this became what it became. Here's like, I want to do this. Like, oh, we're just sharing things. I like to share things here. I, let me find these things I want to share with people and then we can share things because that's what you want, right? And then he was like, I thought it was just me though. It was like, oh, but myself. let's all share though. <laughs> I want to share this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had planned to like it was gonna be like this amazing Gundam specials, like ten of them planned out. It was gonna be great. And lies, you know, it was thirteen at minimum. Uh, yeah, you're probably <laughs> lucky that I didn't do my nine stories about nine different Harry Chapin songs. Wow. 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 That's a, uh, I kind of wound it up into one section so I can get onto something else for everybody. To classic, classic grind. So, um, you know, so we did very good this week. Uh, so we did, I should probably get like a, I should probably get like a update each one of those for like, yeah, mark or, the ones we already or uh, fade them, like get them uh, faded to grayscale as we do them so so what's next so what's good so all those who you know this episode you know it's not lot, super long in the tooth but if you've gone this far you're you're definitely going to watch next week's episode so what is everyone's looking forward for next week well i need to know what you pick first here wow wow well the kid well i figured i wanted to do most of like mobile suit century like universal century to get that done out of the way so i think i'm going to go in the exact same war period a different type of time so we're going to go for a mobile suit team okay just making sure because you know what happens when initial d happens and i'm gonna try we're just gonna get we're just gonna get a sadness bomb trying to trying to make sure Uh, yeah, because my plan is to do uh, that and then uh, 
and may cut to Roroni Kenshin. I'm, I'm going to try to do this at the list of the that office. You do his last. Try to do it last. last <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's yeah, so, well, yeah. So, yeah. Eighth Mobile Suit Team. That's, that's my thing. Okay. Um, uh, Escalja, they are not all the same. Um, Escalja asks, <laughs> why, are, uh, why are they all the same? You may be wondering, that's uh, why is Vincent's all the same? Oh my okay. god, his is all the same. All right, so Vincent, uh, what's on? What's uh, what are you doing for next week? So they're staring at it, definitely want to go to a different kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll do the GE good ending, the one in the middle on the top. Ooh, GE. Mm-hmm. What the heck is that one? It's GE good ending. It's a manga. I'll I'll explain it more when we get to it. It's it's made more next week. There's a lot to it. This is more this this next week's gonna be one of those uh Donovan goes into his emotional state. <laughs> like this is this is what high school what what high school Vincent was super depressed and needed an outlet for his depression. All right. Mm-hmm. Another Harry Chapin song from uh, Vincent. All right. So, yep. uh, Reinhold, what are you going to grace us with? So, next week, I will probably finish up on the um, the notion of the, the three, the, the two people besides my parents that informed who I am. The first mm-hmm. one was Harry Chapin. The second one is Terry Pratchett. So, I imagine we'll just talk about Terry Pratchett, get that out of the way. That way, we can start with the base of, you know, these two, you know me pretty well. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Do you want it to be yeah. de- So, do you want the title to be specifically about Terry Pratchett or Discworld? One in the same. Okay. Uh, it'll be about Discworld. Then. Good. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Then. Well, let me think about that. I would say Terry Pratchett, based because that's the most important part is his um his views. Hmm. You're to stay too much. I don't want to get into it too deep right now. So right. I just okay, yeah. cool. let's go with Terry Pratchett. Okay. That's right, fine. Also, Scotch. There are six Gundam series, so go F yourself. Uh, all right. So all right. So now we've like, like so at least we know where everything is gonna come up next week. I was really hoping I could let me drag everyone in front of their things and it won't i was really hoping i could get them to this is close enough this is close you enough know. yeah i know i know this is really hoping this view would be like look, look look what i can do this is great so you know what everyone's talking about for next week it's going to be great so if you enjoy this low-key wall talk uh, uh, content you know we're going to come back at you also if you did subscribe to this channel something like that you want more of the chris spangle show well that'll be tomorrow at noon so Easter Standard Time, so look forward to that time. So, like, if you, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk more about, like, you know, we'll get more back to the politics that I'm sure everyone else will loves. But uh, this was a low key wall episode talking about our media that helped shape us. So I hope you got a better idea of uh, different media that we consume when we're not doing this podcasting. So, you know, if like I said, you could be listening to anything else in the world, but you decided to listen to this, and that I will thank you. So, you know, have a good evening, everyone. Goodbye. Say, say, say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bye, everyone. everyone. <laughs> put that joke away. Just put it away. Just put it down. Just put it down. Stop. I'm not doing phrasing anymore. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's bedtime for right.